Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. The show is a combination of interviews with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do amazing things in their life by eradicating insecurity. You'll hear real-life coaching sessions from people who are overcoming insecurity in their life, and you'll hear 10-Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver some high-quality personal development content to help you in your own journey. I hope you enjoy the program. Now on to today's show. Hey, it's Jamin. It's 10 Minute Tuesday time. I got told by someone this week that 10 Minute Tuesday was their favorite part of the week. Wow, how lovely. Look, uh, I hope you're finding this content useful. Please feel free to send in any requests if you have topics that are relevant to the Insecurity Project. Today we're looking at overcoming anxiety and I want to give you five proven strategies to to eradicate and overcome insecurity in your life because it's such a common thing to feel anxious and and often people feel overcome by anxiety so love to equip you with some stuff that is actually guaranteed to work. On to today's show, here are five proven strategies to overcome anxiety. Number one, examine your story. Did you know that All anxiety needs a story to survive. Anxiety doesn't just happen. It's not just some disconnected thing that shows up in your life that you have no control over. You're not broken. I love the NLP presupposition that says people work perfectly. So, of course you're anxious. Anxiety is just the end of the assembly line. It is coming out of a belief structure, a story, a setup that is running inside you to produce that outcome. So I'm I'm not judging you for being anxious, by the way. I'm just saying that this is a a way to understand what's really going on for you. Rather than thinking of anxiety as strange or weird or it's just so, I just don't know why. Uh, Of course you're anxious. Anxiety needs a story to survive. So what story are you living out of? What, What must you believe about yourself in order to be anxious right now? Anxiety, anxiety always comes out of a story of personal inadequacy or insecurity. If you, feel, if you felt totally confident or up to the challenge, why would you be anxious about it? You're anxious because some part of you feels like, oh my goodness, maybe I'm not up to this challenge, maybe I can't do it, maybe I'm not good enough, uh, maybe I won't get it done right, maybe I'm going to fail, maybe it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. It, it comes out of this story of insecurity and inadequacy. So... The first step is simply to examine your story, just to stop stop right in your tracks and go, hang on, what must I believe in order to be feeling like this right now? And or in order to change it, what would I need to believe in order to be at peace and have confidence? Or to look at the people who are not anxious in this situation, what must they believe? What would happen if I believe what they believe? Now, it might sound simple, and it's not, it's not well, well, it is. It is simple, but it's not easy. Let me clarify by saying that, uh, because... You are the one that shapes the beliefs in your life anyway. You're not just an actor in the story. You are the storyteller. So you are the one creating your current story. So if you don't like it and it's not working for you, you have the power to change it. Number two, choose your point of focus. So Justin Langer, the former Australian opening batsman, uh, said that mental toughness is the ability to focus on the next thing. So often anxiety happens because we're focused on the last thing or three things down the road Uh, but he says mental toughness is the ability to block all those things out forget about what's gone don't worry about what's to come and just focus on the current thing right in front of you so as a batsman that's useful because 
you know, you could you could be anxious about the fact that you've missed the last ball, or you nearly got out, or there's a lot of pressure on on you right now. Or you might be thinking about the fact that next over is coming, you know, the world's fastest bowler is going to come on next over, and that's going to be really scary. But it says you've got to put all that out of your mind and just focus on the very next task. Now, I find that a useful thing in terms of overcoming anxiety because if I'm going to sleep and I'm feeling anxious about tomorrow, one of the things that quickly changes my anxiety is just to go, hey, just focus on the next thing. What is the very next thing? Well, it's eight hours of high-quality sleep. That's all I'm allowed to focus on right now. So when I get through eight hours of high-quality sleep, then I'm, a, I mean, then I'm allowed to focus on the challenge uh, that follows that, the, the, ne- the next thing after that. So it's actually impossible to multitask. You can't focus on two things at the same time. If you're listening to music and reading, you're actually doing one or the other, not both. And your brain is switching programs. So you might be all of a sudden listening to music and your brain is focused on that, and now you're back to reading. And it might be happening, you might be doing 100 switches a minute, uh, but you actually can't do both. And it's a very inefficient way of using your brain's productivity because you've got to shut down the software for one program and load it up to the next one uh, and, and vice versa. So multitasking is a myth and we can actually only focus on one thing at a time anyway. So it's really useful to, to unpack that and think, well, therefore it's impossible to do gratitude and anxiety at the same time. It really is. You can't be both entirely grateful and entirely anxious. So if you were to focus on something that's going to make you anxious, that's a choice you're making right in that moment. And of course, you're going to be focused. Of course, you're going to be anxious. But if you were to focus on what you're grateful for, well, then it's impossible to be anxious in that moment. So focus is one of the coolest things that we get to choose. Again, it's in our domain. You can't focus on everything, but whatever you focus on will determine what you get more of. So it's key, if you're going to overcome anxiety, to choose your point of focus. Mindfulness is a practice of just being external to your own thoughts and very useful in overcoming anxiety because it it helps you to step out of the program you're running and to step out of what it is that you're focusing on so you can examine how useful this point of focus is. You know, fantastic. Well, well done if you can focus on the three people that don't like you right now or the five things that aren't working out in your life or the, the, you know, the two answers you don't have the two questions you don't have answers for but if you to be mindful of that and notice that you're focusing on that well what else could you be focused on perhaps you could be focused on the three things that are going well for you you know the five people that think you're awesome or the the two things that you're most convinced about right now and depending on what you focus on determines what you get more of the third thing is to face up to life nathaniel brandon in his great book this uh, the psychology of self-esteem says that simply uh, we have two choices when life happens. And, and life throws up all kinds of challenges, all kinds of problems, all kinds of difficulties, opportunities. You know, there's stuff that you prepare for, there's stuff that you're not prepared for, that you expect, that, that is unexpected. Life happens, right? But you've got, you've got a choice. You can either face up to life or you can run away. It's as simple as that. Now, running away is blame, excuse, procrastinate, avoid, deny, pretend, lie. Um, face up is take responsibility, be honest, accept, confront, deal with. Now, it's interesting because the implications of those choices or that choice to face up or run away is massive because if you run away, it is possible to escape difficult situations in your life. It is possible to put off things, to avoid things, to to tell a lie or, or to pretend or play games or, or get out of it, but you don't get off scot-free. In fact, every time you run, you take anxiety, guilt, and shame with you. 
when your head hits the pillow at night, you do not feel good about your world. Whereas when you face up, you take confidence, strength, and peace. You actually get through it. Even though you think, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this, this is too hard, this is beyond me. You face up, you actually don't die, you get through it, you put it behind you, and you teach yourself that you are capable, that you can deal with life, that you can, you're up to the challenge, that whatever life throws at you, you can face it, and you're going to be okay. Whereas when you run, you teach yourself you don't have what it takes to deal with life. You undermine your sense of self. You undermine your security. Of course you become anxious because you keep telling yourself that you're not good enough and you don't have what it takes to deal with life. So if you want to feel good about yourself, you have to face up. If you want to be full of anxiety, well then keep running. It's as simple as that. Number four, change your language. So mantras, affirmations and self-talk are really, really important when it comes to anxiety. I have a couple that are uh, that really help me to embrace uncertainty and back myself because uh, you know anxiety is often a fear of the unknown a fear of uncertainty what will happen what might happen what could go wrong so there's a lot of uncertainty and we crave certainty in a very uncertain world so mantras such as uh, Jamin you're a good person you're a creative person you're a clever person who knows what tomorrow will bring but what I do know is when you get there you work it out just like you have every other day You've got all that you need inside you now. Now, I repeat that to myself again and again and again when I'm feeling anxious. My language to myself affirms my ability to deal with uncertainty. I also say, Jamin, if this never works out how you want it to, if you never find a way to take this to the next level, if you never find a way to achieve this goal, if if every bad thing that, that you dream of or fear about, fear fear goes wrong, if that was to actually happen, I still deeply love and accept you. So you're going to be okay. So those two affirmations really build strength inside me. And they're stories in which anxiety doesn't make sense, to go back to our first point. All anxiety needs a story to survive. So if you have a story you're living out of where it doesn't make sense to be anxious, well then it doesn't make sense to be anxious. Anxiety can't fit in there. What if you couldn't use the word anxiety? I love this from Anthony Robbins. He uses that with depression. What if you couldn't say you were depressed? If you had to find a different way to describe how you're experiencing life right now. So I love that. So instead of feeling, instead of saying, oh, I'm anxious when my, pace, my pulse is racing, when I've got adrenaline, you know, when my stomach is churning, so how else could I describe these symptoms? Well, maybe my body's preparing me for action. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe I'm being reminded of something important that I need to pay full attention to coming up. So I just ask, what for? What for? What's happening right now? What what do I need to understand? What do I need to change? What do I need to listen to? Instead of labeling if it's if I label it anxiety, oh it's anxiety. Oh this is a thing, nothing I can do, I just need to endure it. But if it's if it's not anxiety, if it's just a specific response to a certain challenge that my subconscious is bringing up for me, well, then I can listen and I can understand and I can bring an appropriate response. Every time you change your language, you also change your experience. The words we use don't just describe our our experience, they shape it. So be very mindful of the language that you're using. And finally, let it go. Um, one of my favorite uh, examples of the let it go principle is Homer. Uh, you know, episode of The Simpsons. He's going to make it up to March. Cause he's done something wrong, and uh, he's going to take it to the, the movie or take it to the opera. I think that's what it is. 
So he organises to leave work early. It's all going well until he's walking out the corridor and he sees a vending machine with chips and lollies and whatever, all delicious treats. And he is hungry, so he doesn't have any money. He shakes it, hits it, kicks it, wriggles it, wobbles it, try to get something out of it, but nothing comes out. So he sticks his hand up inside and, of course, gets his hand stuck, which is a problem for him, right, because he's got to go meet Marge. So he can't get his hand free, so he's dragging this vending machine through the corridor with his hand stuck up inside it until he stumbles across a drinks machine. And, you know, this is, it's hard work dragging a, a vending machine through a corridor, and he is very thirsty. So he, with his other free hand, he shakes it and hits it and kicks it and wobbles it to try and dislodge a drink. Can't do that, so he sticks his hand up inside it and, of course, uh, gets his hand stuck. The next scene, it's all cordoned off and uh, fire and emergency people are around discussing what they're going to do and the fire chief comes up to Homer and says uh, Homer, you're not still holding on to the can by any chance he says, your point being uh, let it go You know, so so often the things that we think are causing us most grief in life are holding on to us when in fact we are holding on to them so having done all four previous steps around this, make sure that you are not still holding on to anxiety and I might, that might sound strange but every single thing Basic human psychology says every single thing we complain about or tolerate but do not change must be giving us a reward. It must be working for us. We're actually not that silly to do things that don't benefit us in some way, shape, or form. So how before you, you know, obviously complaining about anxiety, don't like anxiety, you wish you didn't have anxiety, but just step back for a moment and just say, how is anxiety working for you? What are the benefits of anxiety? How is anxiety not a problem for you? How does... What happens? What are the good things about being anxious? How could it give you some kind of benefit? Because some part of you is holding on to that. Some part of you loves to be anxious. Some part of you goes to the anxiety strategy because it works for you on some level. Offensive, confronting, but also true. And if you're going to see change in this area, this is a very, very important area for you to consider and to, to plumb the depths of so that you understand why you resort to this system, this strategy again and again. And once once done that, are you sure you willing you are ready and willing to give back all the associated benefits for being anxious? Now you, you might think, what could the what could the benefits possibly be? Well, maybe when you're anxious, it gives you a chance to be angry as well. Maybe that anger gives you energy. Maybe that anger allows you to behave badly when all, all the other times you're so good, you're so considered, you're so selfless. But when you're anxious, you've got this excuse to vent, and that energy in some way feels good. Or when you're anxious, you're allowed to blame. You give yourself permission to, to blame others and to, to judge others. And so maybe that's the benefit you get. Or maybe when you're anxious, you get to clock off or you get to hide or you get to shut down or you get to give up or you get to just, ah, it's too hard. Maybe that's your exit strategy. The moment you feel anxious, that's when you get to escape a situation and run away. Whatever it is, there is always a benefit. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. So there's five things that I they are proven strategies. The people who live anxiety free use those things and they work. So look, if you're really ready to be free from anxiety in your life and to examine the story that you're living out of and and create a story to live out of where, where anxiety doesn't make any sense, then I'm running the Overcoming Insecurity Boot Camp again. The next one starts on the 30th of April. It's an exciting program. It's a proven strategy to help people really take control of their life and create a life they don't need an escape from. 
So it's an online platform, proven framework, personal coaching, high-quality content, a weekly group call unless you do the premium version, which is a weekly one-on-one call. You can apply online at jaymanfraser.com. That's 10-Minute Tuesday for this week. I hope that's been useful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp. It combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jamonfraser.com.